1: This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Tensions in the Gulf are accompanied by an increase in cyber op-tempo, A warning about vulnerable airliner avionics. Phishing is moving to the cloud, and so is ransomware. Android's August patches address important Wi-Fi issues. An EU court decision clarifies data responsibilities. The U.S. bans contractors from dealing with five Chinese companies. And be on the lookout for bogus Equifax settlement sites. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, August 8th, 2019. According to the Wall Street Journal, Bahrain has sustained incursions into the networks of its national security agency, whose mission is criminal investigation, the Ministry of Interior, the first deputy prime minister's office, the Electric and Water Authority, and manufacturer Aluminum Bahrain. Bahrain believes the activity was the work of regional rival Iran— and that the activity directed against the Electricity and Water Authority amounted to staging and rehearsal for an attack on critical infrastructure. The U.S. Maritime Administration has issued a formal warning of Iranian cyber operations against shipping in the region. It singles out GPS interference in particular as a likely form of attack. As Boeing continues to debug the troubled 737 MAX avionics, Code for the company's 787 appears to have been exposed on an unprotected server. Wired reports, Ruben Santa Marta, the security researcher with IOActive who found the exposed code, says that the software is vulnerable to attackers who could pivot from the aircraft's in-flight entertainment system to safety-critical avionics, including flight controls and sensors. Attackers could, Santa Marta maintains exploit memory corruption vulnerabilities in the non-critical systems to establish themselves in the aircraft, and then move from there to critical avionics. Boeing denies that this is a possibility and rejects Santa Marta's claim that he's found a path that could make it so. The company maintains that security barriers effectively segment the 787's onboard networks in ways that make such an attack impossible. Santa Marta and others who've reviewed the vulnerabilities he says he's found agree that they don't represent an immediate material threat to flight safety, but they argue that their presence suggests a troubling laxity in software security engineering. Santa Marta is presenting his work at Black Hat this week. One of the challenges of attending a major industry trade show is optimizing the limited amount of time available for meetings, keynotes, presentations, and social events. Experienced attendees have their own strategies for making the most of their time at events like Black Hat. Robert Huber is chief security officer
2: at Tenable, and he took a few minutes away from the show floor to share his insights. Of course you don't expect to see the normal parade of solution providers on the floor and you know sponsorship and discussions, but there's a lot of conversations that t- take place outside of the venue itself, which are usually related to either uh, nascent problems or up and coming solution providers that are addressing problems that either for one reason or another just haven't matured yet or gotten traction. And, and those are the areas of my own particular interest, because they're probably addressing issues that I have at the fore, um, whether that was driven by, you know, Wall Street Journal effect, if you will, or, um, you know, just uh, moving into newer technology areas and issues that don't have defined solutions readily available. And, you know, I'll say, I, you know, interestingly enough, some of the areas that are that are getting attention are those things that kind of sit on the, on the periphery um, that have been out there for a while, which is just overall risk management, right? Hmm. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of uh, solutions out there that will uh, portend to try and measure and assess your program nobody's done it really well at the, at the risk level. Uh, and when I say risk, I'm usually talking about cyber risks, uh, but also the risk management level, enterprise risk management. Um, so you're starting to see a lot of solution providers who are, who are new to the market, uh, new entrants to the marketplace, and not wide adoption yet. Um, so that a lot of them are in you know, beta releases or you know have a few GA customers where they're trying to take what I would generally say are a lot of those subjective components of a security program uh, where you may answer a question, so whether that's you know some type of you know framework questionnaire or something related to maybe the insurance industry, and and try to give an assessment of your program, um, which in and of itself that's fairly simplistic. I mean you can do that with a spreadsheet, right? But to do to be able to do that and then track that over time and tie it to you know your your resources you apply against the problem and track progress and and learn and gain insight from that and tie that to business context and risk. Those are the conversations i'm interested in uh and and those are some some of the solution providers i'm speaking with that are like again like i said new entrants to the market most folks wouldn't recognize the names but when i have a conversation at the board level those i mean that's what i'm trying to relate to the board and and quite honestly most folks are you know on on my side are using spreadsheets and powerpoints to relate that information and Hmm. i think these there's an opportunity for solutions in that space in particular to try to start um, not only collating the answers to all those you know a lot of subjective questions um, to re- represent the risk to the enterprise, uh, but then there's those those conversations of okay how do we tie that back to real quantifiable metrics and telemetry? Um, so, so and then that's my interest right because most security practitioners operate in the realm of you know day to day operational metrics and, and we have understanding what that means, um, but at the higher level the conversation the executive level or to the board. It's really hard to relate those two, so uh, I think there's still a gap between what I'll, what I'll call is the, the you know the endpoint solutions. I the think they're providing real protection, detection, telemetry, types of information. That conversation and the board level conversation.
1: I imagine for you when you're walking around a show like Black Hat and people glance at your name badge and they see the position and that you're with a, a company as well known as Tenable. Probably uh, their eyes widen and and they uh, they smell blood in the water and they think ah here's someone I, I want to talk to to sell my wares or or hit up for a job or something like that. From your perspective, what's the best way to communicate a message to someone like you? What's the best way for someone to respect your time uh, in a in a trade show situation like this?
2: Uh, you know that's a great question and I get that internally as you know Tenable is a solution provider and you know, we're always trying to figure ways to approach the market space. Uh, you know, for myself in particular, uh, I will say regarding resources, uh, looking for talent, I'm always open to that conversation. So, if somebody wants to have that conversation, I'm all ears, you know, to, mm. whether it's for just Tenable or, you know, to help other folks out, right? We're all in this together. When I'm walking the floor, though, if I will engage directly with the uh, providers I'm interested in to solve a problem I'm trying to address, right? So, it's it's very apparent when I walk in, very rarely do I walk in and just say, tell me what you do. I'm there for a specific reason. Um, I really only have limited time when I'm on the showroom floor. Mm-hmm. So I'll go down there. In fact, I have a list of, of probably seven or eight vendors, and I'm going to make a specific point to go visit with them, see the tech in person, understand what the problems are trying to solve. And of course, I'll have follow-up conversations you know, after that. Um, but when I'm down there, you know, I, I hate to say this, I'm all business. I mean, I, I head to the areas I know I want to be, mm-hmm. and then everything else I just shut out. Yeah, you've done your homework. I have, absolutely. I mean, that's part of my job. Um, is certainly, you know, as I have team members that are here, they do the same thing. But I will put the, the message out to my larger team to say, who should I be talking to? What questions do I need to be asking? Um, and, and that's to help us solve problems we're trying to address within Tenable. So that's I make that my business to do that. Bob Huber is Chief Security Officer at Tenable.
1: Researchers at Proofpoint this morning released a report on a phishing campaign that hosts its landing pages in the cloud. They observed the campaign late last month and they say it's continuing. It spoofs the branding and email transaction format of DocuSign and the landing pages it directs its victims to are hosted in the Amazon public cloud. As Proofpoint notes, this remains a relatively uncommon practice. Using enterprise-grade services like AWS is snazzier than the more familiar tactic of employing consumer services like Dropbox or Google Drive. Proofpoint thinks Amazon has been commendably vigilant in trying to take down such abuses of its services, but the security firm warns that you should be alert to the possibility that the DocuSign transactions you're seeing may not be what they appear. A report on ransomware by security firm Vectra also concludes that extortionists are devoting more attention to files stored in the cloud. As Vectra puts it, Encrypting files that are widely available on the network is faster and more efficient than encrypting files on every single host device. Their research also suggests that ransomware gangs are increasingly looking for organizations with deep pockets and valuable data, on the familiar grounds that that's where the money is. Of course, smaller, unprotected enterprises will continue to receive their share of opportunistic attention from petty skids, Franklin Parish in Louisiana is working to defend itself from just such a crime this week. This represents a continuation of the criminal activity that led the governor of Louisiana to declare a state of emergency last week. Android's August patches are out. Among the fixes are patches for two vulnerabilities Tencent's Blade team called Qualpone, CVE 2019-10539 and CVE 2019-10540, Both are Wi-Fi issues that are potentially serious because they might be exploited without user action. The European Union's Court of Justice has rendered a decision on joint controllership of data. The case, Fashion ID, involved responsibility for collection, storage and analysis of data collected by websites that might embed, say, a Facebook like button on a page. In brief, the law firm Cooley says in a summary of the judgment... Websites containing embedded third-party content can be joint controllers of data collected and transmitted by such code, but they're not responsible for any subsequent processing of that data by the third party. The decision was rendered under the EU's older Data Protection Directive, but it will also apply to the concept of joint controller under the General Data Protection Regulation. Cooley notes that the joint controllership is a broad concept that arguably applies to such things as the use of cookies – And the law firm expects the decision to have significant implications for the ad tech industry. And as the GDPR has taught the world, Europe isn't like Vegas. What happens in Europe doesn't stay in Europe. The U.S. General Services Administration, Department of Defense, and NASA have issued an interim rule that restricts contractors from purchasing from five Chinese firms – Huawei, ZTE, Hikvision, Hytera, and Dawa – It's entitled, Prohibition on Contracting for Certain Telecommunications and Video Surveillance Services or Equipment. The ban goes into effect on August 13th. The comment period is open for 60 days from the time the rule is posted to the Federal Register. The prohibition addresses concerns that Chinese equipment represent a security risk. Huawei has a court challenge pending to the National Defense Authorization Act that provides authority for the ban. The company argues that the NDAA represents an unconstitutional bill of attainder. Separately, three Republican senators have asked Google to explain why it had cooperated with Huawei to develop smart speakers for home use. And finally, don't be gulled by a bogus Equifax settlement site. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission does maintain a legitimate site where you can submit your claim, but the FTC also warns that there are some crooked fake sites out there, how can you recognize a phony Equifax settlement come on? Well, for one thing, the FTC won't charge you to submit a claim. So if you must get something from Equifax to make you whole again, insist on the genuine FTC-approved article. $125 bucks are not worth getting pwned over. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And continuing our coverage of the Black Hat Conference, uh, joining us from the show floor is Matt Aldridge. He's a senior solutions architect at WebRoot. Matt, uh, what are you seeing there? What is the overall mood there down on the floor?
0: So it's been a relatively positive mood. I wouldn't say significantly different to previous years. Uh, you know, every year you kind of sense increasing maturity in the, in the industry as a whole. Um, hmm. uh, particularly, you know, as, as people are harnessing technologies in more sophisticated ways, they're getting to grips with the realities of some of the threats and things like that. There's definitely uh, in, increasing evolution, shall we say, in, in how people are dealing with threats pushing towards more automation and things like that.
1: In terms of the messages that you're seeing out there from the vendors on the floor, uh, is there an overarching theme this year?
0: I wouldn't say there's, there's one overarching theme. There's so many different solutions providers doing, you know, telling so many different stories. Um, but like I said, you know, automation and, and taking more work away from analysts because there's just not enough people to go around is, is a big theme. Getting more sophisticated with the use of, of tools and technologies such as machine learning, getting it uh, getting cleaner inputs into machine learning models. Um, so take you know putting more steps in the chain to to, to clean the noise out and getting more uh, more value out, out of those those systems. You know to to make make the whole process more efficient. Getting back to basics is a big thing. Um, it's easy to look at all the latest toys and the new techniques and and, and forget to keep on top of the traditional things. You know, um, pass, password security, um, backups, all the traditional stuff is, is still very important. And, and then remembering the human factor, you know, there's a lot of people talking about the human factor, about, you know, looking after and training staff, sending out phishing campaigns to, to, you know, help people learn from their mistakes in a controlled way rather than waiting until they actually hit by real attacks. You know, from our own threat report, we've seen that there's a 70% drop in in people clicking on malicious phishing links um, after just 12 months of, of awareness training program. Uh, so these things do make a real difference and and uh, the people are, are the first first link in the chain for for, for uh, protecting against against any kind of new attacks.
1: What is your own personal strategy when, when you're faced with a trade show like this and you want to, you've got information that you want to gather for yourself, how do you go about
0: doing that? So for me it's difficult, time management is difficult in something like this. Um, you know I have a lot of responsibilities with the company I represent so I, I have to spend time on our booth. And, You know demonstrating solutions explaining the services that we have um when i get time out i'm often in meetings uh so it's just having everyone here in one place uh is fantastic to actually physically get together spend time talk through things um that that's really for me the key value is is actually getting that face time with people um in the flesh and 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 uh you know getting the real kind of honest story of Uh, of the challenges people are facing and start working on how we can uh, how we can help with that
1: well matt aldridge uh, i hope the rest of the show goes well for you and uh, safe travels as you head back home
0: awesome thanks dave great to speak to you again and and keep well
1: struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity don't worry you're not alone cyberwire.com/survey to share your feedback now